Hey everybody, Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. In this episode, we are doing something I don't think we've ever done before. A while back, there was a Patreon community for CodeWrite Play, Game Dev Breakdown, basically everything I was doing. We had some fantastic people in a, a small group, but a tight-knit group. Since that time, that group has disbanded. I'm happy to say, I believe... Those same people are still along for the ride here on the main podcast. Loved having that group. It's just things moved in a different direction. Patreon made some changes that weren't quite suitable. Tonight, I thought it might be fun to go back and revisit some of that exclusive content and put it out here in the main podcast, which is something that, again, I, I don't think has been done yet. So this one we're going to hear tonight was a topic recommended by Charlie Cox, who has always been a fantastic supporter, friend of the show, and he brought up games as a service, how they've impacted the industry, how they've taken off over time, and I listened back to this just now. The data is a little bit older now, but you'll notice... This stuff is all very true today, and some of it's even more drastic now. So huge dollar amounts being thrown around in this episode. Very familiar games that are still going strong today. So I thought it was not a bad thing to think about. Take a listen to this, and just for fun, think about the direction we've gone since then and uh, the direction things are headed in the future. So uh, here we go. Good evening, fans. Tim Kitzrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. This is a Patreon exclusive episode of Game Dev Breakdown. Uh, the one we're going to talk about today comes from our friend Charlie Cox, who says, what about the growth of games as a service? He uh, commented that on one of our VR project posts. What I love about Charlie is he is more specific than some of the editors I've worked for as a freelancer, which is uh, funny and, and good. That's a positive thing. I know what he means because there are some surprising trends in games as a service. There are some surprising earnings and results that we've seen in the last year or two. He points out it's hilarious and ironic that Fortnite and League of Legends are both free to play, but make the most money. And that's absolutely true. We're going to look at some top earners and look at how funny it is that they don't really charge a, a dime for anything. Uh, in fact, we're, we're going to look at what they call traditional games that have an actual price tag up front. I was trying to think of a couple of times we've lightly touched on this topic because it's, it's hard to talk mobile without talking games as a service and free to play. I've been playing Clash Royale, boy, since like, was it right before or right after my son was born? And he's four years old going on five. So Man, time flies. Uh, I've been playing Clash Royale for many years now, I guess. I was freelance writing when it started, when it launched, and I thought, oh, I'll cover this on uh, you know some of the outlets I, I work for, and found that they, like the editors and the people in charge, were having too much fun with it to basically let other people write about it. So <laughs> that didn't work out, but it's a fun game where I've stayed in touch with certain friends and we play and it's something to do together. I know for a fact I did an episode of uh, Game Dev Breakdown called Cash and Clash Royale, where we looked at um, somebody said something funny because Clash Royale did a, a brief charity event for the uh, the Red charity, and they work with it's HIV research or AIDS research, something like that. Some positive thing that I wanted to support for like five dollars one month, you could get I don't know a bunch of like 
in-game currency and a temporary uh, skin for your towers or whatever. Just just real basic stuff and not not like woefully unfairly affecting anything. You know, the gold comes easy in, in the game. It's the other stuff you need. So I did that and it came up in discussion, I guess. And somebody sort of crapped on everybody in the group who did it. Like, well, they don't need your money and they, they're not getting a dime out of me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's, I mean, fine. People don't have to do that. But I said, I've got questions about that mindset because you've been playing this game. I mean, this this guy was ahead of everybody. I, I said, you know, you, you there's no way you don't play this for at least an hour or two a day. And you've been doing it for years and you don't feel like they deserve a penny out of you. Like, what does that mean? And he goes, well, they've got enough money. <laughs> I thought, what a terrible attitude to have. Like, I understand not approving of the business model. I would say don't participate in it if you have that big an issue with it. And if you do, uh, just see the way I looked at it was I thought this is a good time to give them a one time amount of money because I, I don't think the entire amount was going to the charity. I might be wrong, but I looked at that as like a chance to lay down some money and help, you know, for one thing, a good cause, but also give the developer a little bit of something too. And then it's, you know, then it's n- really no different than if I had spent a dollar on a an app that I was going to play on my phone. There are costs incurred in letting me play the game. I get that. And I think the developers have done a good job, so I paid for it. I don't really have a problem with that business model. I also don't spend a lot of time thinking about that business model. And in the time I've I've gone on going my merry way, some of the stats and numbers in this free-to-play and games-as-a-service have just run wild. I, I want to try to set the scope before we really dive into this. I found a couple of resources, and the important thing you have to look at about games as a service and uh, premium, premium, premium free-to-play stuff is what they consider part of this. You know, there are some sort of moving parameters. So I don't think anything that just does occasional DLC is being considered. My kid's school is calling. Hope it's nothing weird. Early dismissal tomorrow. Can I tell you that I don't appreciate being called while my kid is at school for an important message from the blah, blah, blah. Like, if it's early dismissal the next day, I don't consider that an important message. You can email me that shit. Uh, Anyway, so I don't think we're counting things that just have occasional DLC plus an upfront price tag. I don't think anything like that. I think anything with, like, a battle pass like Fortnite has or Rocket Pass like Rocket League has, whatever pass... Those are for sure counted. I think things with like regularly scheduled DLC and microtransactions are all considered part of this. Certainly anything with a subscription fee like uh, World of Warcraft uh, and such. So that's sort of the overall picture of things we're tracking. So when you see when you see data about these things, make sure you know what's being included and what's not. So we know Battle Royale has taken off and it's got microtransactions in unbelievable numbers. Uh, we know that certain esports games like Rocket League, you do pay for Rocket League, but it has a battle pass, so I think you would you would count that as well. Several of these genres have just gotten wildly popular. Everyone's playing them. It's it's more of a cultural movement than a than a gaming trend. It's we've talked before about how Fortnite has permeated culture, and it's it's all kids can talk about in the classroom, and the the popular kids have the popular skins, and <laughs> it's. 
really kind of ridiculous. It's something us 90s kids would never have imagined. I, I say 90s kids. I was born in 85, and by the time I was conscious of any of this stuff, it was the 90s. So we never would have dreamed, one, of free games. That's crazy. And two, we'd never... <laughs> We'd never imagine that the people who made them would become wildly successful and make literally billions of dollars. We're going to talk about those billions of dollars here in a minute. Something I found for us to look at was um, this episode is brought to you by my personal information because I gave it away so I could download a uh, Nielsen Company Super Data Year in Review report on digital games and interactive media. And I picked this because they just happened to encapsulate what we're looking at pretty perfectly for 2018. I don't think there's a lot of 2019 data out yet, but if I think of it, and if you remind me, we can do this again when the 2019 data drops. At this point, I'm sure they will let me know. So, in the executive summary of this thing, the first fascinating thing I found is that I didn't, maybe I'm stupid for not realizing this, Mobile games have blown every other platform out of the water, and it is not even close. Digital games on mobile in 2018 brought in 61.3 billion with a B dollars. I never dreamed they were. And so the comparison is PC games, digital games, only 35.7 billion. I thought PC was the top dog. I really did. But almost twice that amount is being brought in on mobile. That starts to tell the story right away. Console games are uh, at $12.7 billion, and I, I was pretty sure PC was outselling console, but I had no clue mobile was doing that kind of money. That's got to be mostly Fortnite, right? <laughs> so uh, it goes down from there, including browser games, uh, mixed reality, stuff like that. Free-to-play titles earned 80% of all digital game revenue in 2018. 80%! It's almost not even... Okay, so the, the term you have to consider here, traditional games with a price tag on them are being referred to as premium games, which is funny that we have a name for that now. But it's almost not even worth making one anymore. <laughs> uh, 80% of all digital game revenue in 2018 free-to-play titles, which is, uh, this, this model is apparently most popular in Asia, which, um, okay, fine. And it, it even notes on this uh, summary page that the rise of Fortnite greatly increased the visibility of free-to-play console games, causing their overall revenue to explode by 458% year over year. So what they're saying here is that Fortnite raised the visibility of a whole genre and basically made them all successful. That's, that's wild. That's so cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, cool for them and cool for anyone related to them. I, I found myself in a dispute on Twitter about whether free-to-play games were hurting other games, and I think they obviously are. I don't think that people get excited about Fortnite and, as a result, play some game they have to buy. I don't believe that. This person felt very strongly that they did, and uh, he made... I think I've touched on this before... He made a couple of weird arguments like if Fortnite if Fortnite hurt other games, how was a game like Kingdom Hearts 3 able to be successful? And I thought, that is the stupidest argument I've ever heard, but okay. Like, obviously I'm not saying no other game can succeed. I think you could probably, and maybe it'll even, even show that in this report and I can uh, go tell that guy to shove it, but I'm I'm pretty sure if you tracked their... <laughs> the performance of, quote, premium games, 
Uh, I think they probably are hurting as a result of Fortnite and Apex Legends and, and these other uh, PUBG and, and such. How, how could they not? Kids only have so much time in the day, for one thing. For me, what we've looked at already in this report all but confirms this for me. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Let's look at some of the top free-to-play games in 2018. Fortnite, number one. Revenue, $2.4 billion. $2.4 billion. Man. Number two is Dungeon Fighter Online. I've, I've literally never heard of this. I have no idea what Dungeon Fighter Online is. It's by publisher Nexon, and it's an RPG. That's all I know about it. No clue. That must be... I mean, is it safe to assume that's more popular in Asia? I've never even heard that name. League of Legends at number three, 1.4 billion. So, Charlie, there you go. Riot Games, Tencent Publishing, uh, it's a, a MOBA game. I've played their auto chess thing that they're working on. I think that's pretty cool, but there's no question League of Legends is insanely popular. Pokemon Go has actually uh, landed fourth with 1.3 billion. I haven't done enough with Pokemon Go to know how the transactions work. Uh, but it's it's way up there. Number five is Crossfire, which is another one that I don't know about. It's a Tencent game, so that's probably a little bit of an Asian special. Honor of Kings, Fate slash Grand Order, Candy Crush Saga. There you go. We all know about Candy Crush Saga. Then Monster Strike, and then coming in tenth is Clash Royale, which l- made less than one billion. But all of these games are hovering around one to two billion, which is wild to me. Uh, again, games that aren't don't cost you a dime to get started. They have uh, just crazy earnings, and several of these are years old now. There is a uh, page in this report. I'll link to this report. I can't really give it to you because I, you know, I'm sure it's not. I I think it'd be frowned upon if they want people to sign up for it. And I just gave all the information away, but they, uh, they highlight several interesting things about the premium games market. Also, uh, the premium game market is only a fraction in Asia of what it is uh, in North America and Europe. Still very common, very popular in North America. Um, Actually experiencing growth in North... Well, okay, so... (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I wanted to make the case that uh, premium games were hurt by by other games, uh, the uh, free-to-play games coming in. Maybe that's not true, because uh, 2017 to 2018 and then 2018 to 2019 have shown growth for uh, premium games in Asia, North America, and Europe, well, you know, I lose, but I win. Because I, I lose because I was pretty sure the premium premium game market was hurting. Turns out I'm wrong. The good news is I make premium games. So great. <laughs> you know, I work on... Um, I don't think I'll ever probably work as an indie on a free-to-play game with microtransactions just because that's something I would have to support and have all kinds of web service stuff in place. And unless I really just had a change of interest and a change of heart, I will personally probably stick to the premium game model and just see how it does. If it doesn't sell gangbusters, that's fine. Now, the interesting thing here is one of Fortnite's biggest competitors for a long time was uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, a.k.a. PUBG. The thing you have to keep in mind here is PUBG is a premium game. You will pay, I don't know, when it came out, wasn't PUBG like 30 bucks, 45 bucks, something like that? Um, I think I have a copy on PC now. 
it might have come in one of the Humble Bundle monthly deals, something like that. But I, I for sure paid for uh, PUBG just like everyone does. GTA Five is way up in the list here, but but PUBG. Okay, so starting at the top, PUBG is uh, one of the top premium PC games and console games by revenue. FIFA eighteen, we all know FIFA's popular. GTA Five. Still selling gangbusters, 628 million. Now, these are much smaller numbers, but apparently they're still growing. So, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 put up big numbers. Red Dead Redemption 2, of course. Call of Duty World War 2, FIFA 19. There are multiple FIFAs, multiple Call of Duties on this uh, list. Monster Hunter World, which I've played and is a really fun game. I think it's actually a little bit underrated. That's very, very fun. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege and Overwatch, of course. Um, I'm surprised Overwatch is only number 10. So premium games also not hurting. I will say those are all very big publishers on that list. Capcom, Ubisoft, uh, Activision, Take Two. Uh, you know, you don't. I think PUBG is the closest thing to a small publisher that we have on the list. If it interests you, this report also has um, information on content creation, basically uh, Twitch streaming, YouTube stuff like that. So basically, the the message in short is that content creation is still pulling in tons of money for a few select people, and we all know who some of those people are. It's got dedicated uh, data about Ninja himself, which is weird. It shows some of the top Twitch channels. I won't really dig too far into that. Uh, the One of the interesting takeaways here is that mixed reality being um, virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality are having what looks like, to me, like huge growth based on this data, um, starting to pull in billions and sell, you know, tons of units uh, software-wise. Companies are spending a fortune on on getting up and going with these technologies. So VR and AR and MR and XR, whatever you want to call it. So it's it's not in decline. VR is growing. And I'm I'm excited to sort of move that direction. I really want to... I, I would love to maybe put out a VR game next year. Probably not a huge one, but I would love to have one out there and know what the experience is like. Since I've, well, I've bought the hardware at this point. So, yeah, so the, the short answer is there is a crap ton of growth in um, free-to-play games and games as a service. A lot of people estimated that 2019 might be the year that that started to decline. Or a couple of people said, like, this is a bubble and it's going to burst in 2019. That was wrong as hell. <laughs> this, this uh, and, and honestly, the truth is, it seems to be trickling down to all of gaming, so we should all be excited. I don't find a lot of these games to be the best, but that's because I'm an old school, traditional, you know, console gamer. And, and I, you know, paid for a Nintendo cartridge and played it, and <laughs> I still have games I like from this model, but I, I really, I look at them like it's nothing like the real thing. I just, that's how I look at it. But, you know, sounds like in the group we've got some fans of these games, so this is your time. Enjoy it, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. If if next year we see even more growth, I would say this is probably here to stay for a long time. All right, hope you enjoyed that little peek into the Patreon vault. <laughs> that's a good name for this. Uh, this is not the the last show that we uh, we have from the exclusive Patreon pages, so... If you liked this, we can do more of this in the future. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, I would love for you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening now, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. 
Hit that follow button on Spotify. Leave a uh, five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. There's probably something you can do wherever you are to help us get the word out and help grow the show. None of it will cost you a dime, and I sure do appreciate it. So very cool stuff coming up. Don't miss show notes at CodeWriteplay.com. We have a Discord server. You can find the link at CodeWriteplay.com as well. The podcast is on Twitter at GameDevPod. CodeWritePlay is on Twitter under the name CodeWritePlay, and I am on Twitter at MechaToddZilla1D2Ls. And check out the exclusive Spotify weekend show, GameDev Breakdown Radio. Just search for that on Spotify. You can do it with a free account. And once you hit that follow button, you'll be notified every time we put out a new weekend show. This weekend, we have an interview already in the can with Ray Merrick of Unparalleled Comics, fresh off of his newly launched comic series. He's going from episode one into episode two now. They have a crowdfunding campaign, and we are going to talk about things like presence on social media, how different mediums perform on those channels. There's a lot of good community stuff. There's a lot of good creative stuff. Ray's an insightful guy. He's finally taking off after a ton of hard work. So this is exactly the kind of thing you need to pay close attention to to see what he's done, what he's doing now, what it looks like, what that process is going to be like when you start to take off with your projects or take off again with your next project. You get the idea. So tune into that. Don't miss it. And I will catch you guys back here on Monday. Take care. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is. Sounds idiotic to me. Mm-hmm.